down-ballot races. They're easy to overlook, but two down-ballot races could have a huge impact on life in Illinois. I'm talking about contests for seats on the state Supreme Court, both of them unfolding in Chicago's suburbs. Democrats have controlled the court for decades, since 1969. But this year, Republicans think that they have a chance to shift the balance of power. Here's what Governor J.B. Pritzker and Terry Cosgrove of the abortion rights advocacy group Personal PAC have to say about the stakes. Look, I think it would be terrible if the Republicans who want to take away people's rights uh, win those Supreme Court seats. Uh, That would take away, uh, frankly, many of the notes of progress that we've made over many years, standing up for workers' rights, standing up for women's rights. There has never been a more important election, Illinois election, in the last 50 years than there is this one on November 8th. Here to discuss is WBEZ state politics reporter Dave McKinney. Hey, Dave. Hey, Sasha. So I'm going to be honest, you know, as a relatively new Illinois resident who wasn't here for the last election, I have not spent that much time thinking about the state's Supreme Court. So take me back. What are the basics here? Well, I mean, you are not alone, Sasha. This is a this is a very kind of obscure election because you have to go all the way toward the end of the ballot to find these races, and and then when you get there, these are candidates that that most people have not heard of. I mean, they're people, you know, in 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 you know the races we're going to be talking about. Three of the four of them are, uh, you know, uh, judges, and so yeah. unless you're in a courtroom, you're not going to know who these people are. So, how many seats are on the court, and and how many are held by judges in each party? Well, uh, Illinois has a seven-seat court, okay. uh, unlike the U.S. Supreme Court, which is nine. This and right now the majority is four to three uh, Democrats. And as you mentioned in the open, there they've had it since 1969. Yeah. So I hear the the state Supreme Court's made some pretty significant decisions in recent years. Which decision, though, stands out to you? I mean, there are so many. I mean, they it it you know, as in all government here, we're we're broken into three basic. Categories, you know, the governor and the executive branch, the legislative branch, which is the general assembly, and then the judiciary, and their checks on each other. And so, uh, the big cases that I, I, you know, just in watching this this court over thirty years, I mean, you can go back to like school funding. You know, should you know what level of of, of funding is the state obligated to provide to school districts? That was a big case back in the nineteen nineties. Uh, you know, when the death penalty was abolished uh, in, in 2009, I mean, it was, you know, leading up to that, there mm-hmm. were a series of key decisions that the court made clearing out death row because there had been a whole bunch of people put on death row who actually were not oh, wow. the, uh, the the accused killer. And and, and more recently, you have, uh, you know, a, 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 there was a big decision involving public pensions. Uh, the legislature passed a bill that would uh, would have rolled back pensions for state employees and state retirees, and the court held that that was unconstitutional. So, I mean, you can see that they're just about every aspect of life, and that doesn't Very even touch- Very important stuff, right. And it doesn't even touch like the, 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 you know, what we talked about in the story here primarily, guns, abortion, the culture war topics that we're also familiar with. So just so we're clear, if the balance of power were to shift on the court, what types of decisions could we see? Like, for instance, could we conceivably see restrictions on abortion rights or- you know, even though the state's likely to retain a supermajority of Democrats in Springfield? Well, I mean, it's possible. You know, the trick is, uh, you know, when you talk to these people, um, they, they have uh, codes of ethics that they have to abide by as judges to not, you know, to not show signs of bias. And so you can't really go up to a judge and say, what do you think about abortion? You know, you have to, it has to, it's a more nuanced kind of dance that you have to do with, with, with folks on the bench to, to mm. kind of get a, a clue. And of course, the big thing is how do they rule in cases? And and so I, I think you know, 
you know, certainly there are, are big abortion cases that, that could come down the line here. I mean, the state has really, uh, under Governor Pritzker, really has done a lot to uh, safeguard abortion rights. Right. And, and uh, there are, uh, on the other side of that uh, debate, there are people who are chomping at the bit to try to undo some of that. So you can imagine there, there could be big fights there. What could this mean for gun rights? Well, I mean, gun rights, you know, we just saw uh, a, a week or two. Well, I, I think it's a week or two ago. It's fairly recently. Naperville, uh, you know, uh, passed a, a, a ban on That's semi-automatic, right. uh, you know, the, the assault-style rifles and, and the, the ammunition that they, they need to fire. And that's, that's an, uh, there, there are... Uh, there already have been hints of litigation arising from that. That's, that's uh, you know, a lot of the gun cases go into federal court, but some cases could, could wind up in the state court as well. There, there are also are issues involving the, uh, the state FOID card, which is the gun permit. Mm-hmm. Uh, gun owners feel like a lot of that is not necessary. And, and uh, you know, that one of the gubernatorial candidates, uh, Darren Bailey, wants to do away with the FOID card. So, I mean, those are the kinds of issues that the court could wade into. So let's start to break down the, the two key races here, Dave. Uh, talk to me about the matchup in the second district. Well, the second dis- district uh, is a, uh, a district that includes Cane Lake and McHenry counties in our listenership. Uh, DeKalb and Kendall counties are also uh, there. And, and you have a matchup between the former three-term Lake County Sheriff, Mark Curran, and uh, then there's a, a judge, a, Demo- a Lake County judge named Elizabeth Liz Rochford. Okay. Rochford is the Democrat, Curran the Republican. Um, that district is, uh, you, you know, these, these districts have all been redrawn by the uh, Democratic General Assembly last year. And I think they did that with an eye toward preserving the majority. And so in this district, it's a it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty Democratic friendly district. WBEZ had a chance to um, interview the candidates and judicial candidates are, are usually somewhat tight lipped about specifics here. But but what were you able to glean about how they might rule on some of the topics that we discussed earlier, like gun rights and, and abortion rights. Well, you know, we mentioned Curran, for example. I mean, Curran, in, in the interview I had with him, I mean, he acknowledged that he's he called himself pro-life. Um, you know, he, he is someone uh, who is endorsed by the Illinois Federation uh, for the Right to Life uh, and, and uh, you know, endorsed, rated qualified, I should say. So you, you, have, a, you have some sort of sense there that, that you know, he would be potentially somebody who could be friendly to, to, to folks who oppose abortions. Mm-hmm. You know, Rochford, uh, it, it was very hard to, to, to kind of get out of her um, how she might rule on cases uh, involving abortion or, or guns. But, you know, I, I asked them all a question, you know, do, did you ever know anybody who had an abortion? And, and that gets away from sort of you know, having to rule on cases. Uh, and, yeah. you know, Rochford That's a said, good question, Dave. Well, she, she answered it in a way that, that I think was a bit revealing. I mean, she said, yeah, I, I have known people who have had abortions for a number of reasons, and I'm not going to sit in judgment over the, you know, the, the autonomy that they have over their bodies. So, I mean, that, that gave sort of a sense, perhaps, of, Interesting. of where she's at. And, you know, uh, Personal PAC, the abortion rights group, has endorsed her, so that, that's also a clue. Well, one of the candidates was not recommended by the Illinois State Bar Association. The other was highly recommended. Is your average voter, though, paying attention to that? Are they checking to see what the State Bar Association has to say? They aren't, but but they should because the the, the bar the State Bar Association, uh, you know, they do a survey around election time of of their members, and 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 most of the folks that are are members of the group are you know, accomplished lawyers who are in, in and out of the courtrooms on a daily basis. And so they know these judges, they know the people. And, and you know, 
what I, I think is a really smart thing for voters to do is to to go to the website of the State Bar Association, find their voter guide, and print it out when it's time to vote and go through it. Because what what it does is, you know, beyond just saying if they recommend or not recommend somebody, it it it, it basically breaks down sort of the poll results. You know, they they go they look at integrity, for example. That's key uh, information. It, it's infor- it, it, it's revealing in a way, and and you know they they don't. The Bar Association, I don't believe, is a, is a group that has a uh, partisan slant to it. So, you know, you're, you're not going to go into it thinking they're pro-Republican, pro-Democrat. Yeah, like they're leaning any, which, any right. one way. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. With me is WBEZ state politics reporter Dave McKinney. We're talking about what happens if the Illinois state Supreme Court shifts from Democratic to Republican control, which is a very real possibility in November, despite the prevailing winds in Springfield, which seems to suggest Democrats will continue to hold power in the state house. So you write in your story, Dave, that this race in the second district and and the one in the third district that we're about to talk about, that they're relatively rare. How rare? Well, I mean, these are terms that that go for 10 years. So that gives you a sense that that these are elections that don't happen all the time. But but the last time that we had two competitive open Supreme Court seats, as we do now, was back in 2000. So you're talking nearly a quarter of a century. And, And so that that gives you an idea right there that these are, are pretty special elections. Mm-hmm. Uh, shifting to the third district, who are the candidates there and, and how's that race looking? Well, the third district is, is a, it's an interesting um, region. I mean, it, it covers um, DuPage and Will counties. You know, DuPage is, is, a, is a powerhouse in terms of, of votes. I mean, there are just a ton of votes there, as there are in Will County. It also includes Bureau, Grundy, Iroquois, Kankakee, and LaSalle counties to the south and southwest of Chicago. Um, the candidates there, um, th- there is an incumbent Supreme Court justice named Michael Burke. Uh, he was appointed to fill the vacancy a, a year or two ago from uh, Bob Thomas when he left the Supreme Court, the former uh, Bears punter. Um, and then uh, Appellate Justice Mary Kay O'Brien is, is also running. She's uh, from down around Kankakee. She's the Democrat. Burke is the Republican. And uh, that district was, as is the case with the second, it was uh, redrawn by Democrats. Mm-hmm. It's It's got a, a Democrat lean to it, but it's a little more favorable to Republicans. Uh, J.B. Pritzker and, and Joe Biden won elections uh, in, in uh, uh, DuPage and Will, which is where most of the votes in that district come from. Okay. The other counties, mostly rural counties, were all Republican. So to that end, do you have any sense of how these candidates would rule on, on some of those key issues we, we've talked about? Well, I mean, Burke, uh, you know, he, he was he was uh, uh, very guarded in terms of how he would. Uh, um, I'm sensing a theme here. Yeah, that's 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 kind of what you see. They're all pretty tight lipped. They're all pretty tight lipped. And, and, you know, I think in his case, uh, you, you know, I asked uh, about guns. I, I, I again, you can't really. How are you going to rule on case X? They don't tell you that. But like in his case, uh, since, you know, the Highland Park shooting is fresh in everyone's mind still. Yeah. You know, did you know anybody there that was was. Uh, impacted, impacted, or or what about an Oak Brook uh, at the uh, the shopping mall there? And he did, and then he started talking about the uh, you know how how horrific and and uh, how how those those uh, events don't leave people. So I mean, it, what it showed to me was that there was some sensitivity uh, toward the plight of of these folks who are involved in mass shootings. Yeah, you know that told me something. On the flip side, you know, uh, Personal Pack, the abortion rights group. They they unearthed uh, a couple of things that they believe show some you know inclination toward uh, being anti-abortion on his part. His people you know are are rejecting what Personal Pack is saying, but but you know he was involved in a uh, uh, there was a, a a right to life dinner in Lombard back in April that he mm-hmm. was an attendee at. Uh, they say that that's a pretty pretty 
you know, the personal pack people say that, that is a sign of, of, of someone's leanings. Mm. Uh, Mary Kay O'Brien, on the other hand, uh, you, you know, she, she was a little, probably of all the ones I talked to a little more um, open about abortion. Um, she talked about how, uh, you know, it, it, she called, she used the phrase dangerous complacency to think that um, abortion, just because we have safeguards in Illinois, couldn't go away one day. And so she, she made that point to underscore the importance of these elections. What's Governor Pritzker saying about all of this? Well, Pritzker, um, you, you know, he, he was asked last week about this, and he's, he, he, he basically made the point that a lot of the things that he has tried to do in the first term uh, could be undone if he had to, to deal with a hostile Supreme Court. Um, you know, things like, uh, as we mentioned, the abortion rights mm-hmm. uh, issue is, is front and center. He talked about workers' rights, talked about uh, and, uh, guns, of course. And so he's very concerned about this. He, he hasn't put money into these races yet, and I'm waiting to see if and when that happens. That'll be interesting. Right. Yeah. But, but he's, he's very concerned about this. He's trying to amplify uh, – you know, the importance of these races. Well, aside from that, which I hope you do keep your eye on it, what else are you watching as things develop here, Dave? Well, again, I think the money is the big question here. Where does the money come from? Because when Ken Griffin, the, the hedge fund tycoon uh, from Chicago, who has since moved to Florida because his candidate for governor lost uh, in part, um, you know, you know he, he seems to have taken his purse strings with him. And so, uh, and, and, you know, he, he was very instrumental in kicking a uh, former justice off the court, Thomas Kilbride, who was up for retention a few years ago, uh, Griffin poured a lot of money into that race to, to to defeat that Democrat. So far, we have not seen money from Griffin. We've not seen money from from really anybody. And and a, a little added wrinkle to all of this: the General Assembly, uh, the Democrats there passed a a law that that Pritzker signed that limits contributions or actually restricts contributions from out of state. To these candidates. So it, it could really kind of hamstring a person like Griffin should he choose to want to be involved in these races. But again, you know, you're not seeing these candidates on television right now. And that's that's that's, right. that's really important because, uh, uh, you know, that they, it's hard to break f- through for these candidates if, if nobody knows who they nobody are. Nobody knows who they are. Yeah. Right. We've been speaking with WBEZ state politics reporter Dave McKinney. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Sasha. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast WBEZ's Reset wherever you listen.